Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be across the globe. I am your host, Henry Weinreich, beaming live out of Sydney, Australia. I hope you are having a fantastic weekend wherever you might be in the globe. We are doing exactly 3.30 p.m. on the west coast of the United States of America. That makes it 6.30 p.m. in New York City, where our special guest is going to be, we're going to be beaming in directly to her. That makes it 11.30 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time in London, which makes it Sunday morning at 5.30 a.m. in Bangkok and 8.30 a.m. here in Sydney, Australia. Welcome to Henry and Friends Live. This is all about invigorating, refreshing conversations where we can learn from our special guests from around the globe. And let me tell you, do we have a guest or what? Before we start our countdown and an official introduction to Wendy Diamond, our special guest, live in our studio in New York City, let me tell you that we really appreciate the growth of our viewership. Um, we're doing fantastic figures on YouTube and also on Facebook Live. Uh, for your support, we'd love you to pop onto YouTube, click the subscribe button, click the notification button or the like button, and that way it supports our algorithm, which we seriously and absolutely appreciate. Henry and Friends Live is all about us putting ourselves in the shoes of others and living their adventures for 30 minutes. And let me tell you, may I advise that you strap in low and tight because I have to tell you, boy, do we have a show for you. I'm Henry Weinreich, your host, and let's count it down. Well, I have to tell you that um, when you do a little bit of research about Wendy Diamond, who really is a powerhouse based in New York City, a real advocate for women's entrepreneurship, women in business, women supporting each other. Let me tell you that this person is one of the preeminent forces internationally when it comes to supporting women, entrepreneurship, but I just thought to myself, I wanted to just read you out to all of you before we have Wendy come on in the next 20 seconds, who Wendy Diamond is, what she's all about, what is her women entrepreneurship um, perspectives, how she got there, and why people around the world know her as a powerhouse. So let me do a little bit of an introduction. Wendy Diamond is an internationally renowned social entrepreneur, impact investor, animal advocate, humanitarian, best-selling author, TV personality, and do-gooder. Wendy Diamond is the CEO founder of Women's Entrepreneurship Day Organization, a non-government volunteer organization and global initiative celebrated in 144 countries. Now, don't forget, Wendy started this organization on her own in 2014. On top of that, she's an investor, an advisor in social impact disruptive technology to assist and support women-led business. Wendy has authored 10 widely celebrated books, garnered three Guinness World Records, and has appeared in media, media outlets, including The Today Show, Oprah Winfrey, CNBC, it just goes on. And she's been featured, of course, in The New York Times and Forbes. She has been featured as a keynote speaker 
in the United Nations and at Harvard University. Wendy sits on the board of Ellis Island. We all know around the globe what that means. Global Alliance for Sustainable Planet, Girls Club Capital, Global Women in Blockchain, Humane Society of New York City, to name a few. Prior to we do, and this is a very big soul part of what Wendy Diamond is all about, after learning 12 million animals were euthanized annually, Wendy founded Animal Fair Media. But I've done enough now of the introduction. Let me just do a quick introduction. Welcome to Henry and Friends Live. And in 10 seconds, Wendy Diamond is going to be coming up from the green room and we'll be talking to her live in New York City. Wow, I would like you to all stand, standing applause for the most amazing, enigmatic, charismatic, firework in the sky, our special guest. Andy, hello, that was interesting. <laughs> First of all, Henry, thank you so much. You're so funny. Like, you're so fabulous. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, who is this Wendy? Wow, she's cool. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Henry. What, tell me something before we start. What is it actually like when you hear your autobiography, your biography, your set curriculum details, we call them in the British world? What is it like being Wendy Diamond? What's it like? Um, 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 that I just want to do more and I just want to help the world and I love doing what I do and I love like whatever I can do to make an impact in the world. And I just, I just, you know, I'm passionate about, I, you know, again, like we're going to talk about later is just like, you know, I found my purpose in life and to help the world. Because I think that's very interesting because, uh, the most important thing is you're so humble. And if it's one of the lessons that we can learn from you, Wendy, is you really do keep your feet on the ground, but you reach for the stars. How do you do that? Like, because honestly, that's an extraordinary resume you've got there. You really have impacted millions and millions, 250 women, girls, who are being empowered in poverty. 144 countries, Women's Entrepreneurial Day organization. So how do you actually keep your feet on the ground? Um, I think, you know, I think when you think about life, right? And I always say to people, you know, like when I was young, you know, I was an entrepreneur my whole life. My father would take me to work, you know, to his work and I would go with him. And I was always trying to figure out ways to like, you know, make money and do things when I was like 12 years old. Right. And, you know, one of the things, you know, I always like in my head wanted to teach people to always remind themselves everything you go through in life is a positive. You know, whether you know it in a day, a year, 10 years. So when I was really young, I ended up, um, you know, you know, and I, you know, one of my jobs was like delivering tickets to like concerts for the concert promoter in Cleveland. And, you know, another job was I was a uh, ballet parker at my uncle's uh, country club. And so literally I just had two jobs. I worked really hard and I was always like positive. Right. Like I was always like you know, I'll just figure it out. Right. And we just got to do what we got to do, you know? And so I think, you know, that just was, it's been installed in me that I've just always, you know, 
just I'm like, I'm going to do it. We can do it, you know, and, and that is, and you do do it. you know, young, you know, that's kind of what happened. Well, could you actually start because we've been doing all this week has been Wendy Diamond Week. We've been telling the audience about you. Oh, it's just so much fun, Wendy, because there's so many aspects to you. But I don't know how much people actually know about how you started. So you went from small town USA to the biggest. I grew up in a little town in Ohio, 2,500 people. So I was like a little, little, little town, you know, and, you know, I, I was like, I played softball. Yeah. The little league team, I played tennis, you know, it was, you know, you, you know, you, it was just a very nice, amazing place to grow up and, and never in my life, you know, I always say to people, like one of the things I always say is like, gosh, you know, when I was drinking a six pack of beer, you know, at 16 years old in the Dairy Queen parking lot in Cleveland, Ohio, I would never imagine like, this is the life I'm going to live. Right. And I think, you know, it's one of these things where I just feel very fortunate and I feel very grateful every day. So let me ask you this, because we're getting the switchboard starting to blow up here. What was it like? I mean, small town USA, that's like small town anywhere in the world and going to probably the most vibrant, the most competitive and at times the most challenging city in the, on the planet. How did you, what were the things, what were the tools that you had that took you from that to living in the, in the Big Apple? And were your first impressions amenable or did you find it, you know, overwhelming? Well, let me go back to like, you know, growing up, you know, and I think that that is, you know, we really, you know, we become who we are, we're growing up, you know, so I was like from the Midwest, happy, you know, happy go lucky and just like simple, right? Life was simple then. And, you know, of course, I dealt with some really crazy family stuff that, you know, that enabled me to learn about perseverance and, and to be able to, you know, take care of myself literally at a young age. And, you know, so when I graduated high school, I had the worst grades ever. And my aunt from San Francisco called me and was like, wow, she's like, you know, you really need to go to college. And I'm like, I don't know if I can get into college because I had the worst grades because I had to do two jobs and go to high school, you know, when I was in high school and I had to, you know, I had to skip, you know, my last class to get to work. And it was just, you know, really tough. And, you know, I think at that time I didn't really, you know, you know, at that time I couldn't ask for help. Right. Because, you know, where I was from, it was like a small little town and everyone knew everything. And I was like, you know, you're embarrassed when you're young like that. And so literally my aunt, like from San Francisco, is like, we got to find a school for you. And I found this little school in Boston. Right. That was like an like an all women's college outside of Boston in a place called Chestnut Hill. And it was called Pine Manor College. And it was an old finishing school, right? Where they would send like really wealthy girls to get like, get ready to be married to like Harvard guys, right? And that was back in the day, right? That was like back in the day. But now it was like a liberal arts college. And, you know, when I got there, my roommate, you know, was from Indonesia and my whole world changed. Like, I just started realizing like, wow, you know, I became friends with all these people from around the world, right? Like from Turkey, I didn't even know that, you know, in Ohio, I didn't even know there was a country called Turkey. And, you know, so like literally, you know, and I worked the whole time through college, you know, and I just, my whole world opened up. And when I graduated from college, um, I sent out 300 resumes and no one hired me. So literally, I was, you know, forced to become an entrepreneur. So I ended up, you know, my boyfriend at the time was from Turkey, and I moved to Istanbul, Turkey. You know, that's what someone does in college, you know. Ah! Anyways, and then from there, 
I lived in Turkey and I decided, you know, that this wasn't the right place for me. So I then moved to Russia because I had all these friends from all over the world in college. Right. And I moved to Russia and that's where I started my first business. I was 23 years old and I, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, you know what I was doing. All I knew is I had to work really hard because I didn't want to go back to Ohio. Right. And so that's where I started my first business, where I would buy all the old stock like in Italy, um, which would be like Valentino, Ungro, jean all these GFT manufactured labels. And I literally started shipping 20 foot containers SGS inspected to my partner who I knew from college in Boston in Russia. And um, I did that for a year and a half. I know it sounds weird, but they didn't want to flood the existing markets. So I had the cash for my Russian partner to like literally buy these, you know, buy out the stocks and ship it to Russia. And at that sure. time in Russia, I mean, I mean, we got to go back now. We think it's crazy now. Woo! Was it crazy then? I mean, it was like in 95, 96. It was just really, really, really like a crazy time. And so, so you know, but what I realized at that time was, God, <clears throat> my life has just become like, you know, I'm living in Istanbul. I'm now in Moscow. I was traveling to Italy. You know, my life, you know, you can, always, you can take a girl out of the, you know, you can take a girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl. And I really just felt like, wow, this is a little too much for me and like kind of crazy. Right. And there's, you know, that was, you know, having business in Russia at that time. And so I decided to move to New York and that's where, you know, I was like, I want to go back to, you know, America. I love America. You know, I am American. I'm totally, you know, Midwest. And I decided, <laughs> uh, so I went, I moved to New York. That was the reason why I went to New York. So can I ask you this? I already did, but don't forget, I already did Boston, right? I already did Cleveland. And I was like, where am I going to go? And then I had a sister here. So that was why I moved to New York City. So then let me ask you, because you've got happy there, a lot of your publicity shots, a lot of your life that everybody goes on to. I love, what is it? I love dogs underscore Wendy Diamond. Is that your Instagram? Yeah, I, yeah. I love animal. I love, yeah, I love dogs underscore. Yeah, guys, you have to hop on to I love dogs underscore Wendy Diamond. Click onto her account and you're going to see a life that is so vivacious. But I want to understand, Happy, well, who's I'm not even, what, everybody, remember, I'm really not even in social media anymore because we'll go through that in the next, you know, so when I got, so I'll go through like what happened in New York and then how, you know, like I got into animals because I think, you know, like as you, that's how we know each other, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Take it away, Wendy. Right. So when I got to New York, you know, I moved here, I got an apartment. I was like, you know, I had a little money from the Russian thing, you know, and so you know, and I, I befriended a homeless person. And that's what really kind of struck me was like, you know, like, wow, I talked to the guy and he was like, I was like, what are you doing begging on the street? Can't you get a job? And he said like, wow, you know, I make more money from being on the streets than I do like working at McDonald's. So I'm just going to hang out here and people give me money. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. You know, so that's when I inspired me to start volunteering for the Coalition for the Homeless. And I literally, you know, like volunteered for six months. I would, you know, feed a thousand people per week, like these ham sandwiches, these cold milks. And like, I don't, I'm a vegetarian my whole life. So ham sandwiches, like, ugh, and an apple. And like the faces of these people when they would get this, you know, these meals, you know, changed my whole life. Like, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to help the world, you know, because, you know, you, there's no, you know, this one guy, I'll never forget him. He had like two teeth. 
and he had such a cute personality. He was like, oh my God, you know, thank you, thank you. And, you know, those were the kind of things when I was feeding the homeless. And that that inspired me to help homeless people where I did two cookbooks with all the celebrities, you know, like I got Madonna and all these people to give their favorite recipes. And then I, um, and I, you know, created these cookbooks and it was funny. It was like, I was on a journey. It was kind of, and that's kind of what happened, you know, where I learned about number one, you know, I was always an entrepreneur, but what, what I learned about everyone in the world wants to help, but you just have to make it easy for them, you know? And so I literally went to all my friends, like, who do you know in the music business? That's how I got Madonna and Aerosmith and all the biggest, you know, music artists in the world. And I created these cookbooks and I ended up on Oprah and Howard Stern and all this stuff. And um, we raised a half million dollars for home uh, for the homeless through it. And so, you know, that was like when, you know, so was, that was my first thing I did in when I moved to New York. And I so have to Yeah. I'm going to pause you there because we're in the halfway mark. I'm going to invite you back to the green room. And we're going to continue. We're going to find out a whole lot more about Wendy Diamond. So basically, we've now got to Wendy Diamond's story of how she went from small town USA. She went via Russia. She went via all different countries until she landed in Boston um, and then in New York City. And she just said to us that basically everybody wants to give but you have to make it easy for them. It's exceptional. We're going to be returning in 30 seconds or less with the remainder of Wendy's story. You're on Henry and Friends Live right around the globe. But let me tell you, next weekend's show is going to be an extraordinary show of wedding gowns and fashion because I've invited my dear sister, Michelle Roth, who has got her extraordinary collection at Kleinfeld and now she's expanding into Canada. So let's just do a slice of what we can expect next week. feels so classic uh, that we've got next weekend and now for all of you who have joined us it's exactly uh 15 minutes to the hour right around the globe and we're bringing our very special guest back on and she's going to talk to us about how she leapfrogged into the world of animal welfare to finally create her women's entrepreneurship day organization and we're going to end with her top five syrups to the success in life. Thank you for joining us. Wendy Diamond, are you enjoying yourself? Always, always. Thank you, Henry. So tell us now, if you could, if we can dovetail into how you went from feeling homeless, you just said to me that everybody wants to give, everybody wants to participate, you have to make it easy for them. Why happy? Why animal welfare? What was that journey for you and why? So, you know, I was in New York City, you know, and I grew up with animals like, you know, dogs, cats, bunnies, horses, like everything. Right. And so I was in New York City and I, I really, really wanted to get an animal. So I went to the city shelter, you know, not knowing anything. Right. And I went to the city shelter. And when I got there, I was like, what? there's all these like amazing purebreds. And I'm like, and so that's where I ended up adopting a Russian blue cat. And that's where I ended up also learning and adopting um, a, a Maltese, 
which inspired me, literally my cat and my dog, uh, that inspired me to create Animal Fair. Because when I when I came back from the shelter and I couldn't believe it, it was disgusting, by the way. And I was like, whoa, and all these adorable animals. At that time in history, literally, if you go back, nobody was talking about adoption or rescue. It was all about dog shows and breeders and and, you know, and purebreds, right? But nobody was like, there were no dogs in ads, really. There were no dogs, absolutely no celebrities and pets in magazines or TV shows and things like that, right? And, and I, you know, because of my background with um, creating those cookbooks to help the homeless, I was like, wow, you know, I'm going to create a media company Right. And I'm going to bring celebrities and pop culture to the animal rescue world, because I know if everyone learned you can adopt any breed, any size, any age, any color, whether it's one leg, three legs, four legs, you know, they would choose to adopt or purebred, of course, you know, and they would choose to adopt versus buy. Right. So that's when I went on the journey. I created Animal Fair. I uh, knew to get a celebrity and her dog on the cover. So I got Renee Zellweger and her dog on the cover. I knew um, that if I brought, you know, because of my background in fashion, I knew I, I wanted to create, I created the first, literally I created the first ever pet fashion show in history, which is called Pause for Style that I launched in 1999, where I got all these famous you know, because I knew the fashion world, right? I got all these fashion designers to design one-of-a-kind dog outfits. Um, and I knew to get celebrities to walk them down the runway, right? And that I'm would bring awareness to adoption because I had all dogs adopted on the runway, right? And that's you remember, where, you remember the Michelle and I yeah. celebrity outfits, and you had what was that? The celebrity dog wedding of the century. Do you know I would be telling you something? Yeah, so my launch of Animal Fair and of, my, of the first ever pet fashion show, you know, we had Hillary Swank, we had like Angie Armand, we had all these incredible people. And that, you know, was where that, you know, everyone, New York Times and Vanity Fair and everybody basically said that we brought celebrities and pop culture to the animal rescue world. And that, you know, and that's where Animal Fair was like a takeoff a little bit, a little bit of Vanity Fair, but really was about fairness to animals, to teach everyone the importance, number one, of how incredible animals are in our lives. I mean, I, I can't live without a dog, you know, or yeah. Let me, let, me share something. let me share one thing with you, which is hysterical, right? So I want everybody to understand when we're talking about global impact, let me tell you, we're talking about it. So I'm there in China, South China with my mother. And I don't know, for some reason, I was reading the newspapers and it's always important to read the newspapers wherever you are. And I swear to God, on the third page, I flip over, it's all in Chinese. I didn't know what was going on. There's a picture of you with our wedding gown that we did for your dog uh, wedding. And I thought to myself, do you know what? You really and truly are international. I mean, it was extraordinary. But I have one question to ask you, if I may. From homeless human beings to animal fair, and we're going to talk about Women's Entrepreneurial Day very quickly because I want to catch up on some time. Why the late, like, why, why should we be concerned about animal welfare? Why? 
Well, you know, at the time I launched Animal Fair, you know, 12 million animals were euthanized a year, right? And as we've all heard about puppy mills and the whole thing, I mean, you know, now it's that number's now down to 2 million. And why is that change? If you look at history, it's because of pop culture and it's because of the awareness of animals and how important they are in our lives, but also that everybody's now talking about it and doing it. And what happened around the world, and especially in America, is everyone started emulating a lot of the stuff that we created, right, with Animal Fair. And, you know, I, I, I you know, and what happened, I created 10 books, you know, called to how to understand men through their dogs, how to understand women through their cats. I created the term Yappy Hour, right? And I, and literally, if you go to yappyhour.com, it goes to my website, you know, I created Yappy Hour to, to, to bring awareness across the country to local animal rescue groups, right? Because rescue is local. All these big groups are not supporting your local animal rescue shelter. So like, you know, I always want to put in people's heads, rescue is local, you know, and that you should support your local shelter. So I created Yappy Hour across the country, you know, 10 books out, five TV shows, three Guinness World Records. I was on the Today Show every month. I had a primetime show on CBS and then and raising millions of dollars for animal rescue. Um, I literally donated um, and then, you know, I created the, the most expensive, I have three Guinness World Records and one is for the most expensive pet wedding in history. Thank you, Henry, for designing my dog's wedding dress and mine too, Michelle, mine too. And um, and so I don't even ever have to get married because that was like the greatest gift. <laughs> literally raised enough money to create the critical care ward at the Humane Society of New York to enable people who do not have enough money to pay for critical care for their pets. Because my dog, Lucky, got cancer. And that's how that all came about. And that and our wedding ended up on, you know, the Cake Boss on TLC. And it was one of the greatest moments of my life, literally. And um so let me let me pause you there. Let me pause you there because what I'd like to do is, by the way, Wendy, there's no way this is going to be a half an hour show. I can tell you right now. There's no way if I've got I, the I, I, let me go. I can do this quickly. I can do this quickly. No, no, it's okay. I want you to stay for 15 more minutes. I'm just going to put you in the green frame for a moment. Um if you're joining us now, you'll come on to Henry and Friends Live right around the globe. We're coming up to the hour, it'll be exactly 4 p.m. West Coast, United States of America. That makes it 7 p.m. almost in New York City, where our special guest, Wendy Diamond, is beaming in. We're coming to midnight in London, Greenwich Mean Time, which means it's nearly 6 p.m. Sorry, 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning in Bangkok and nearly 9 a.m. in Sydney, Australia. And what a show. We have an extraordinary entrepreneur, uh, Wendy Diamond. She, uh, her, one of her hashtags is Choose Women. Um, women in business, women entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurship, this is what it's all about. And Wendy's giving us her extraordinary path from small town USA and how she's got there to actually impacting through her Women's Entrepreneurship Day organization, over 250 million girls in poverty, 144 countries around the world, which will be celebrated um, through a virtual summit at the United Nations, which Jenny, uh, which um, Wendy will be actually speaking from. So in, as we're coming up to the hour, we welcome you to stay a little bit longer because we're going to find out how Wendy Diamond, one human being, launched Women's Entrepreneurship Day. She's an extraordinary, extraordinary human being. We are learning so much from her. And I'm just going to put a little slice
you were part of the slice, Wendy. So um, the switchboard is lighting up. I've got some questions, but I'd love to dovetail as we're coming up to the hour. And I know that you, uh, you've got I lots guess I'll of- I'll run through it, I'll run through it. I, no, I no, don't go, 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 go. figured it out how to do it really quickly. Okay, so then- Don't go quickly, don't go quickly. Okay, okay, okay. So then what happened, I was blessed uh, to get a stalker in 2011. And that stalker ruined my entire life, literally. And I, I smile about it now because you'll you'll hear why. But so anyway, so uh, I got a stalker. It was a woman. Can you make it? Could have been a cute guy. I know it was a woman. Um, but anyways, this woman, she created 50 anonymous email addresses to defame and slander me, literally. And there was nothing I could do because she'd go to the Starbucks and the library to send the emails. And you know, uh, Cy Vance, the, you know, the district attorney of New York and the FBI all tried to help me, but there was nothing we could, do, I could do because we could never catch her. And I found 10 other victims of this woman and she did it for six years. And literally she would target my whole life. So people would get all these crazy. It kind of ruined my life. And that's what propelled me. And it was actually a gift, actually, because what, it, you know, I was so busy. I was on the Today Show. I was, I had a primetime show on CBS. I was raising millions of dollars for animals. Um, my dad got really ill and it gave me a chance to go back to Cleveland and care for my father at the end and say my favorite thing I did to him. Like, I was like, thank you for being so crazy. Cause if you weren't so crazy, I wouldn't be who I am today. You know, so like that, you know, was like the greatest gift to have that time to do that. But of course it was like a, you know, a, a major, you know, probably one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with by having, you know, a stalker I could cry about, but like, you know what I mean? But I won't because she really propelled me to an even bigger, better, more impactful life. I feel like the luckiest person in the world. I have to tell you, I love how you said it. What a shame it wasn't a cute guy. At least it could have been a cute guy who was stalking you, but you have to, so tell us, so from there, and I remember actually, and I remember speaking to you and you told me about this, about the stalker, and it actually happens to be a real issue where people are targeted, people in the public, such as yourself, Wendy, international celebrity, international do-gooder, as, as you have in your autobiography. And I think that's a really important thing to understand. And you said to me, you know what, Henry? I've just got to just take all those years that I've created, put it to one side, and create a new organization. You told me right in the beginning of the, because you know, we have a conversations where it's three o'clock in the morning, because well, Wendy never sleeps, never well, sleeps. Yeah. Well, one of the things about a stalker and what I, you know, what I, everyone, when they're going through really rough times or when they're dealing with something, and I learned this, you know, young, like everything's a positive. I'm learning something from that experience. Something's got to come out of this. Like there's something, right? And, you know, you can't explain mentally ill people. You know, I learned that at a young age with my parents, right? It's like, you know, I, you can't explain why, you know, she was, why she did it. She was jealous of my boyfriend at the time, but, you know, you can't explain why people get so mental, you know, and she did, she had 10 other victims and it was a really, you know, it was a really dark time in my life. And that's when my father, you know, I took care of my father and he passed away and I made a commitment to myself because I love the world. Um, is I'm going to go to two new countries a year. I'm going to take time out of my life, my crazy helping the world life, and I'm going to go to two new countries a year. And so what happened was like, it was December. I'll never forget this. You know, he died like a month before. And I was like, I got to go somewhere. And I called up Amex. I have millions of miles. Where can I fly for free? And they were like, you know, we go around the world. I'm like, what about like, you know, Burma or like, you know, Bali or whatever. And they, and they're like Honduras. And I didn't realize at the time, but I said, sure, let's, I'll go to Honduras. You know, it's right next to Nicaragua. I heard great things about that. But I didn't realize, I booked it. 
And when I learned later, subsequently, it was the murder capital of the world. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But I still went, you know, because that, I believe like, you know, everything's meant to be, you know, whatever, you know, oh, I get a stalker. Well, that was meant to be, you know, and I'm going to feel like- Talk to me about, you know, women in business, women entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, So I ended up going to Honduras and I was- literally at this little hotel in the jungle, you know, a boutique hotel. And there were no more real animals. There was only birds. And all, only people at this hotel were all these like really rich people from England that were willing to risk their lives to watch birds. They were bird watchers. So after two days of watching birds, I was like, oh my God, to the owner of the hotel, I'm like, I'm going to go cuckoo myself if I don't get out of here, you know? And he said, you know, there's this organization that gives microloans to poor women. He's like, you know, why don't you go check it out? I know the development director. It's a couple hours away. It's safe. You know, go, go check it out. And, you know, I'm like an adventurer, as you can tell. And uh, so I, I went on that journey. And that's when in 2013, when I went on that journey, I learned all about the statistics of women in business. You know, I learned at that time, only 1% of venture dollars went to women founders. I learned at that time that literally, you know, that these women in these small communities that are getting these microloans are paying them back at a 98% rate. And 90% of that money is going back to educate their children and provide for their families. And I learned like when women are, you know, empowered in business, they have self-confidence and dignity. They don't allow human rights violations. You know, it's a capitalist world. We got to give a hand up, not a hand out. So I ended up in this little, like, really impoverished town in, in Honduras. And, I'll, I, you know, I met with all these women that got a $100 microloan. That's how poor it was. Like, they barely made a dollar a day, you know. And this one woman who I'll never forget my entire life, she had three little kids and she was like in her seventies. And I'm like, how did you have these kids? I'm like, Ooh, this is a miracle. You know? And she said that her daughter passed away. The husband ran off. And because of Adelante, this organization in Honduras that gave her a hundred dollars, she was able to open up her own little store in her one room hut with dirt floors, literally dirt floors. And um, where she was selling Cokes and toothpaste. And she lived in that one room with those three little grandchildren. And literally like she, you know, like, you know, she was able to put those kids and pay a dollar a month for those kids to go to school, you know. And, you know, when you see this firsthand, right, number one, I never complain. Because when you really spend time with people that, you know, have it less than you or, 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 or whatever it is they're going through, you really realize how lucky you are for ever, anything you have, whether you have a lot or a little or whatever. It's like, you know, I, you know, I know how lucky I am. So that's what inspired me, that experience. When I, and, you know, and learning nobody at that time in 2013, now go check it out. You know, in 2013, very few people were talking about women entrepreneurs or women in business. Like even you and women weren't even talking about women entrepreneurs. Right. And, and, and so literally I came back to New York and I said, wow, I'm going to do what I did in the animal world. Like I knew if I brought celebrities and pop culture to the animal world, I knew we could bring that 12 million animals euthanized a year down because people will know that they can adopt any dog, any breed, any size, any age, you know, versus buy and save a life. Right. And I said, wow, I'm going to do that for the women's world. I'm going to create a day in the world, an official day, you know, cause I've got Guinness world records and all that stuff. I know how to like get things done. You know what I mean? And so I said, I'm going to create an official day in the world called women's entrepreneurship day, right. To empower celebrate and support women in business because in history women have been underfunded 
underrepresented, under everything, right? You know, we, you know, and, you know, Al Gore says he created the internet, but really was this woman, Hedy Lamar, you know, this woman, you know? And it's like, you know, there's so many stories. And I just said, my God, if I could create this and bring awareness to the 250 million girls living in poverty in this world, right? Because literally, you know, when you think about it, right? You know, when women are, earn money, you know, 90% of it goes to educate their children and provide for their families, which uplifts the entire community. And you see it around the world. So that's how I created Women's Entrepreneurship Day. I went to Governor Cuomo, now Kathy Huckle, woohoo, and, yes. Um, yes. and, you know, Mayor de Blasio and U.S. Congress. And I got it officially proclaimed as an official day on November 19th. And then I went around the world. Uh, to everyone I know. And that's kind of why I talked about like my college. I knew of all these people from all over the world. And I asked them who in your country is the greatest person to, you know, that what woman in your country is the greatest person to bring governments, business leaders, civil society together to collaborate, to find solutions, to uplift women in business. You know, think Ted, you know, like Ted talks where people are talking about themselves and ideas, women's entrepreneurship day, organization. We do, you know, we bring governments, business leaders, civil society together to collaborate, to find solutions, to uplift women in business. Because change, systematic change happens from the ground up when you enable everyone in the world, right? And so, you know, you need the top, right? But the top, when they get to the top, they work so hard, they forget to look down. You know what I mean? So, I want to ask you this. I'm telling you, and that I think everybody can share the fact of why we have conversations when you're up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Wendy, aren't you like, you know, when do you sleep? You're like, Henry, sleep is for yesterday. One question, because we really have to round up. Okay, is okay. Is the light? No, but the question, everyone's enjoying themselves, Wendy. You're one of the guests that we have to do an extension and we have. But my question to you, November 19, Women's Entrepreneurship Day is celebrated in 144 countries. How can somebody like me or anybody of our audience actually participate? How do we become involved? What's the quickest and easiest way for us to listen to your virtual summit coming out of the United Nations? Women in business, women entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurship, how do we do it? Okay, well, first I wanna say one last thing. Can I, say, can I have one more minute? One more minute? Yeah, go for okay, it, girlfriend. Okay, go for it, okay, girlfriend. Okay, okay. Um, first of all, also my book, How to Train Your Boss to Roll Over is really funny for anybody that's looking to step up in their business life. But anyways, so fast forward, um, you know, because of Women's Entrepreneurship Day and, and, and we're all volunteers, by the way. And I literally, you know, we launched at the United Nations and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, you know, because of that, I learned all about women in business. And I learned all about, you know, like in innovative technologies and Bitcoin. And so that's how I ended up literally, you know, getting into Bitcoin really early and Ethereum really early and getting into all these innovative companies. And now I'm like literally working like with some of the most impressive people in the world, literally that are changing the world. And, and I feel like, you know what, thank you to my stalker. Because if she didn't, I would be helping animals, which I'm doing now. You know, one of the companies I help is called Base Paws. It's the 23 and, pet, and me for pets, enabling pets to live longer and happier lives. I, you know, I'm now also an advisor to a company called Open Grants. Dot io opengrants.io that is disrupting the trillions of dollars of non-dilutive funding to help wow. entrepreneurs, foundations, scientists. Anybody, if you go there, it's the whole ecosystem to get grants. And it's just, it's like the greatest gift. And everyone should know in life is that everything's a positive and that you can do. Oh, 
Let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, to know Wendy Diamond sometimes can be absolutely like you leave a conversation with you, Wendy, and honestly, it fuels you for the rest of the year. But I have to ask you two last questions, please. Second last question is how quickly, how do you, somebody like me register? Where do I, what's your website? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so if you, you want to, like, find out about how to get involved with Women's Entrepreneurship Day, yes. if you want to learn how to help support, you know, homeless animals and get it. And if you need help adopting, I'm willing to help personally. So like email me and I'll, or tag me or whatever, and I'll help you adopt a dog or a cat. And, um, you know, it's just go to wendydiamond.com. And that's where you can see a link to Women's Entrepreneurship Day. That's where you can see a link to Animal Fair. That's where you can see a link to all the companies and funds that I'm involved with. And uh, that's where you can find me. And um, I've got that. And by the way, for everybody uh, that is our audience, thank you so much for joining from Melbourne to London, over to New York and all around the globe. What I'd like to ask you, Wendy, and what I'd like you to leave us with, because I put up your five essential while you've been talking, purpose and let me say passion, perseverance, perspective, and lots of puppy love. So we've got that up on the screen. Anybody that wants to know more about you and about the show, please go into our description box, subscribe on YouTube. But Wendy, I'm gonna leave you to wrap up the show and in 60 seconds, can you tell us, please, what's the one thing you would like to leave us to give us a boost as human beings? What's the one piece of advice you can give us? Over to you, Wendy Diamond. Uh, the one piece of advice is to adopt a dog. Because, like, can I be honest with you? There's nothing, like, if you're having the worst day, there is nothing better than having a dog. Come here, happy. Watch. <laughs> I've been, I've been, have personal um, invitations to be with uh, Happy and and all the all the dogs you've taken care of. May I say to you, thank you for a woman, a person, a human being, women in business, women in in entrepreneurship. Um, you really have been a guest that we've been aiming to have for the last nine months. Thank you for your time, your generosity. Again, please go to wendydiamond.com. Thank you so much, Wendy. A standing applause. Oh, um, you thank you, can you Henry. You're the best. Honestly, you're the best. And thank you so much for all you do and for putting up with me calling you at three in the morning. <laughs> Wendy, that's the honest with you. I'll be really honest I with you, right? When I get your call. I think too much. When I get your calls, it's the only person, including my mother or father, I'd actually, all my sisters, I'd pick up because I know one thing. If I don't pick up, I'm going to miss out on the world. Thank you so much. A, a, a standing applause. And you have to come back for next weekend because we have the official exclusive with my sister, Michelle Roth, in our Brianna gowns. Thank you so much. Show and everybody we're going to the wedding photo of the, of I the will. expensive wedding photo. In the I absolutely will. So you have to come By back way, next week. Let me just clarify. the most. I got the Guinness World Record for the most expensive pet wedding in the world, but yeah. I didn't have to pay a penny. Everybody donated it. And how much was it we able to raise it was this three hundred thousand dollars and that's how we were able to raise enough money for um, a wing at the humane society of new york to help people with critical care for their pets i can't wait we can't wait the world can't wait 144 countries cannot wait to go on to november 19 women's entrepreneurship day have a fantastic evening and we're celebrating big time in australia with theme rains i know i saw you have a first candidate that's a really good place to to be because Perth's actually really really cool thank you so much wendy wow 
how amazing a guest could you possibly ask for? We have really been honored. It's been nine months in the making. I really wanted to wait until we build our audience ship. And I have to say, it's an absolute honor. Standing applause for those of you who are downloading it. I'm sure you've enjoyed it. And don't forget, next weekend is a bridal wedding gown confection with my sister, Michelle Roth, based at Kleinfeld. I'm going to end the show with that. And don't forget, as Casey Kasem in American Top Water used to say, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Bye for now. And here's a slice of next week's program.